Hey, wise gals and wise guys. <laughs> Welcome to Crimes, Killers, Cults, and Fear. And Fear. I had a rough day today, but um, I'm fine now. <laughs> but I will, I, I'm going to give a, a, a little shout out. You, you know, I have neck issues, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I bought a MyPillow. Okay. And it works. <laughs> yeah, I think I have one somewhere. I yeah. started it and when you when you pull it out of the box it doesn't seem like it it, it just seems like a cheap ass pillow. Yeah. And then you and then you lie on it and, and after about 4 or 5 days if you've got like chronic neck issues like I do like I'm still sore but instead of walking around as a hospital 8 or you know 8 or 9 like all the set between 7 and 9 all the time Mm-hmm. Now about like a four or a five today, and I drove yeah. to Miami. I drove to Miami and back today. I'm usually in agony after doing that trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, my, I got a, I got one of those my pillow things, but I did. I have like stacks of pillows, so I'm not sure where it is in the stack, but I know I have one. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I really surprised because I it's like. I, my neck isn't killing me. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure how to react. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Anyway. uh, that's Todd. And that is Bill. Yeah. Just two crazy Florida men drinking beer and talking about true crime. Yes, indeed. Because why the hell not? (laughs) Yep. Why the hell not? Craziest true crime podcast that's on the internet. (laughs) Most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. But, like I said, wise gals and wise guys. Yeah, that's our name. If you didn't catch last week's episode, that was what the name that we chose for our, um, our, our fans, our, yes. our listeners. I don't like using the word fans. Listeners. Our listeners. Um, yes. So, yeah, morbid calls their people, you know, weirdos. Um, time suck calls them meat sacks. Middle Illness Theater, our buddy Mark, he calls their listeners sick and twisted fox. Twisted fox. <laughs> oh yeah. But so with us it's wise wise gals and wise guys, and I'm always gonna say wise gals first. Yep, ladies like, first. Ladies first. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And it's it, it's a month of episodes that we have haven't done before. We had never done a mafia episode. Now we've done two of them. Uh, we had never done a historical episode. We just did the first one that last week with the USS Indianapolis, which I hope you guys liked that because I'm really happy. I'm happy with all the episodes we've been putting out lately. Oh, yeah. Even the monotone ones. <laughs> <laughs> Even the monotone ones. Yep. Oh, well. You know, it is what it is. So this is an unsolved case. and. We've never done an unsolved case before. And the reason that we've never really touched on unsolved cases is because we like to ridicule the villain and make fun of them, make them our bitch and slap them around, spit in their face and kick them in the teeth and all that stuff. And we do. Just ask ask Pee Wee Gaskins and Henry Lee Lucas and Warren Jeffs. (laughs) Yep. So, but in unsolved cases... There's no villain to make fun of. 
there's no bad guy because it's unsolved. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's suspects, but everybody's innocent until proven guilty. So you can't really go ragging on a suspect unless it's unless it's just something that is just so obviously. But still, you, you really can't. Like if I would if I was to go out and say, hey, so and so's a slime ball. Like in this case, for example, if I was to go out and say, you know, so and the the prime suspect, I'm not even going to mention the prime suspect name. I know the name, but I'm not going to mention it. Yeah. Um. You know, if I go ragging on that guy and it turns out that, you know, he, he winds up being found innocent or whatever, I could get sued <laughs> for yeah. defamation of character. Yeah, there's definitely going to, there would definitely be some defamation there for sure if he's not the right guy. Yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> anyway. But this case that we're covering, um, and, and, I've, I was able to put this episode together. I don't know where shows like True, True Crime Garage and True Crime All the Time Unsolved and all that stuff. I don't know where they get their information from to do all those unsolved episodes and make them an hour and a half long. I don't know where they get I've tried. I've looked into it, and I, I can't find enough to put together an episode. It's like, what are you – where are you getting your information from? Well, I had inside information on this one, which is why. <laughs> able to which is why I was able to put a normal linked episode together out of it. Yeah. So well, but I'm not gonna be able to have inside information on every single unsolved case that, that you know if we were gonna do start doing them. Yeah, let's see how this one goes. It'll be fine, I'm sure. Oh I know that, but you know, maybe we can and, do some shorties, you know, who knows? Yeah, maybe. Patreon episodes, maybe. Uh, who knows? No, no, because you no, know, we we'd want them out. Yeah, we could just we could do some short episodes. It don't matter. They don't have yeah. to be two hours long. <laughs> right. Well, this one's not going to be two hours. It's going to be like no, it's just a normal length episode, hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. Well, but. it will be if you get started. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, asshole! Yeah, you know it. <laughs> Earlier this year, I got a Twitter message from a lady named Katrina Marshall, and she had asked me to cover her aunt's case, which is unsolved. She, her aunt was murdered. And I replied back, explaining, we don't do unsolved cases. And I explained why. But, um, you know, Katrina doesn't know how to take no for an answer. <laughs> and, and she told me that I should cover the case because that's where all the suspense is. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, we do longer episodes and, you know, like I just explained. So, um, she continued saying that she pretty much had the case solved on her end. She just needs the Dallas Police Department to get off their asses and take her information and do their freaking jobs. <laughs> so, right. this case began in 1985 and the performance of the Dallas Police Department's makes the Keystone cops look like super detectives. <laughs> <laughs> so this piqued my interest, and I asked her to come on and a guest, but as a guest and talk about it, but she wasn't really up for doing that. You know, she she would have liked to, but she didn't want to do or say anything that could compromise the compromise the investigation into her aunt's case, which I totally get. Oh yeah. So I began discussing this case with Katrina over, you know, over the months, and, and I probably, I probably know more about this case than the Dallas Police Department. <laughs> uh, and, I'm, I, and I'm just saying, you know, eventually there's going to be a CKCB 
tour. After doing this episode, it might be a good idea for us to steer clear of Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, man. I always wanted to go to Dallas, too. Oh, well. Guess that's out the window. We'll go to Fort Worth. We'll, we'll we'll book our event in Fort Worth and and then do um you know go do touristy shit in Dallas or whatever. <laughs> we'll have to sneak into Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, because isn't Vinny Paul Vinny Paul's a strip club in Dallas? I believe so. I think you told me that. Yeah, I I think that's where it is. I always wanted to go there. I don't even like strip clubs, but. It's Vinny, it was Vinnie Paul's strip club, so you got to go at least once in your life. Yeah. It's like a bucket list thing for me. It's probably, it's probably a, you know, I would imagine they probably play metal there. I would hope so. You never know. I mean, it's probably just like a regular strip bar. Just Vinnie Paul yeah. owned it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so tonight we're covering the murder of Catherine Katrina with a C Mowry. And Katrina Marshall is also with a C. Yeah, the sources are pretty much from Katrina herself and the newspaper articles that she's sent me. <laughs> okay. So, um, this, this murder happened in 1985, which was six years before, um, Katrina Marshall was born. So Catherine Mowry, who also went by Katrina, was born in 1961. She was the oldest of three sisters, Joan Marie or Joanne. She was born in 1962, and Deborah Karen Mowry was born in 1963. Now, Deborah was Katrina Marshall's mother, and the sisters also had three older brothers as well. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, but for the time being, I'm going to refer to anything. For the time being, I'm going to refer. To, <laughs> I'm going to refer to Catherine, Catherine as Catherine rather than Katrina to make it easier to follow. Yeah. Okay. And Katrina Marshall was named Katrina to honor her aunt. Oh, cool! Right on. I'm just giving you some background information here because you really have to under, understand the history of the sisters to totally grasp the intensity and determination that Katrina Marshall has for seeing this story through to get justice for her Aunt Catherine. Now, Catherine was murdered in 1985, but her sister um, Joanne was was murdered in 1993. Damn. Mm -hmm. But her murder is solved. She was out on a date with a man, and they checked into uh, the hotel an argument ensued, and he beat her with a beer bottle, which broke, and then he used the the broken beer bottle to, to cut her throat, and oh, then he hauled shit. out. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this genius was arrested a day or two later because he used his real name to check into the hotel. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and and he, oh, he did his time. <laughs> he, he did his time, and he was released, and Catherine's um, – and Catherine's killers, killer or killers deserve to be in prison to do the same. Yes, they do. So one murder is more than enough for a family to endure, and now the Maoris have two. Um, Deborah, 
Katrina Marshall's mother and the youngest of the three sisters was, of course, crushed. But she was following the the case and and the Dallas Police Department's um, progress or lack thereof. And she was frustrated, and and then she fell into a state of depression. And who wouldn't be, you know? Yeah, right. But finding out, you know, 15 years later that the Dallas Police Department literally wasn't doing a damn thing on Catherine's case pushed her over the edge, causing her to end her life on November 11th, 2020. Oh, man. Yeah, so now all three of the sisters are gone. Oh, wow. After um, after life for Katrina Marshall, who is the mother of two girls and a boy, returned after the life returned to as normal as it could be, a spark was lit underneath her, and she decided to take on the Dallas Police Department and even investigate this case herself, determined to not only get justice for her namesake, but also for her own mother. And okay. because if you think about it, I mean, this case, if Dallas Police Department does their job, guess what? Deborah, um, Deborah, Mar- De- um, Deborah Marshall is still alive. Yeah. So, but Katrina Marshall has told the story on multiple podcasts and done TV and newspaper interviews, forcing you know, just basically forcing this case into people's minds. And also, you know, not taking no for an answer when a true crime comedy podcast says, hey, we don't do unsolved cases. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, hey I'm, I'm, you know, the more the story gets out there, the more something is exactly. probably going to happen. So let's do it. Exactly. I'm all about it. Yeah. And I, I put together a good one. Cool. And they were, they were. The the notes were approved. <laughs> they were approved. Okay, good. Yes. So anyway, my blue sippy cup's empty. Oh. So I'm switching to the yellow sippy cup that I had in backup. Oh. And so I'm carry on. Your 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 sun yellow sippy cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what to call this one. School bus yellow, lemon, maybe. L- lemon yellow. Lemon yellow. Yes, the lemon yellow sippy cup is now in play. Right. <laughs> so, so we're, but, you know, she, she's accomplished a lot despite the Dallas Police Department um, blowing her off and, and fighting her every step of the way. And we're going to get into that later in the episode. All righty. <clears throat> now, I respect and admire Katrina for her determination. Yeah, she's an amazing person with the weight of the world on her shoulders, and she gets this done on top of holding down a full-time job and being a single mother of three. And I honestly believe that she will see this case be solved. Well, I certainly hope so. I, I believe it will be solved, and it's all because of her. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like she's uh, done the due diligence. So. Oh yeah, and. There's good news. There's promising news at the end of the episode. Sweet. I'd love to end on a... <laughs> yeah. And on a high note instead of like, eh, and that happened, and then we're all like, damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Catherine Diane Mowry, or Katrina, she was born February 5th, 1961, in either Kansas or Arizona to, to the James and 
another Catherine Mowry. They don't know for sure. Katrina's not sure because they bounced around a lot, which was what I'm about to get to. And I just want to say that we are recording this on July 3rd, so you might hear some fireworks go off. (laughs) Actually, they've kind of stopped around my place now, so it might be all right. They haven't here. I just heard a big one go off. Yeah, well, my my neighborhood's rowdy, so there might be – they might just be taking a break. They're saving the big one. They're saving the big stuff for later. Yeah, tomorrow <laughs> night. But yeah, you know, yeah. they're just getting there. They're practicing. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh fuck. You know, you know how there's all these memes going around about people blowing their hands off because fireworks blew up in their hand. Hmm. Well, today I um. I had a fireworks cupcake. Okay. And it was a 4th of July themed cupcake. It was at the distribution center in Miami that I was delivering to. And hold on just a second. Uh, Hold on. Won't be hearing any more fireworks from, from on my end. It was <laughs> pouring. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rain tends to put a damper on that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but um, anyway. damn, it is the, the freaking bottom just dropped out. I mean, it, I haven't heard rain when we were doing a podcast this loud since that one time the bad storm when I was in the bunker. Yeah, that one was a bitch to edit. Let me tell you. Yeah. So thank thank God Reapers got some cool plugins. That made it work just fine. I mean, it might have sounded a little weird, but I got rid of all the rain noise. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that's beside the point. Right. But anyway, the the um the fireworks cupcake. Uh-huh. It, it, I call, it, it was a 4th of July themed cupcake, but I'm calling it a fireworks cupcake. You know why? Because it freaking exploded in my hand. It exploded in your hand. How did it that happen? It exploded in my hand. I mean, it it was like really loose, and I pulled the – um. You know, the, the, it was like really loose and I pulled the, the wrapper off of it. And, um, and when I just put a little bit of pressure on it, my hand went right through it. There was a shit ton of icing on it, which went everywhere. <laughs> I was like, mother, damn it. Uh, so somebody made shitty cupcakes. Okay. No, they were good. They just, they were like really, really loose though. The, the, the bread part of it was like, like really, you know, the cake part of it was like the really loose. Part. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a sign of shitty cupcakes, man. <laughs> they ain't supposed to do that. <laughs> but anyway, hashtag, but I digress. Yes. Anyway, moving on. So, um, this next part you will not hear on any other podcast. Their their father James was a and was a con artist and they moved around an awful lot like I like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Joanne was born in California, while Deborah was born in Kansas City. You know, three sisters and separated. You know, they they were all born a year apart from each other. Okay, and they're all all born in different places. And at one point, um. While living in Phoenix, Arizona, their mother, Catherine, packed all of the kids up and moved to no, that, that it's six and, and moved to Lawrence, Kansas for most of their childhood. Okay. Um, 
James was, in addition to being a con artist, he was also a womanizer. He had three other wives in addition to Catherine, multiple kids with each wife. And it, it sounds like sounds like he was start trying to start a cult, but he couldn't figure out how to get everybody together. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have the charisma to make that happen. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, God. All right. Anyway. Ironically enough, James' second wife was was murdered in a hotel room. Okay. Wow. All right. A lot of murder. Yeah. This this poor family, man. Holy crap. Yeah, I know. I mean, it just – when Katrina and I first started talking, it's just like, you know, she's telling me all this stuff and everything. I'm just – what the fuck? Yeah. Like, oh, what? <laughs> what next? No you know, shit. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> Catherine was in a serious car accident. This is in Kansas. That would, and it would make her live with pain the the rest of her life. Her her car had gone over an embankment and flipped, and and she had broken her back. Oh damn! All right. <clears throat> fuck. Yeah. A police officer in the area who was in a helicopter happened to notice the car, and it was it was pretty far off the road, uh, but it, and it was near a railroad track. But he noticed it, you know, and that actually, you know, him noticing it saved her life. Well, thank God for that. Yeah. I mean, I guess. <laughs> so later on, Catherine decided to relocate to Dallas to go to college, but she still had a close relationship with her family back in Kansas and visited whenever she could. On one such trip, June of 1985, she decided to go see Deborah. Um, but in the planning of the trip, on June 18th, the two sisters got into an argument over the phone, and Deborah hung up on Catherine. It's nothing out of the ordinary here. You mean sisters do that. They, you know, oh, yeah. it, it happened. Brothers do that, too. I mean. Yeah, family fight. I mean, it's, yep, it's what happens. <laughs> yep. But they, they'd they make up when, when she got to Kansas, right? You'd think? Maybe? I don't know. Wrong. Yeah. Because Catherine never made it to Kansas. Oh, and, no. And nobody had ever heard from her again. Wow. At Dude, first, that's got to was... suck, knowing the last thing you said to your sister or whatever was... Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. Damn, yep. dude. Fuck. But at first, Deborah figured that Catherine was still mad and not coming, but still, sisters do that too. Yeah. I should say siblings do that because yes. brothers do it too. Yeah. Or brothers and sisters. Yeah. Siblings <laughs> so, do that, that's for sure. Siblings do that, that's what, yeah. So on June of 1985, or June 25th of 1985, uh, the manager of an apartment complex was walking the property. Um, he noticed a strong smell coming from a car that had been ditched in an alley. It was a 1978 Ford LTD. And she called the police, and they came. And they popped the trunk, and they found a woman's um, body decomposing. Oh. She was a white female, nude, and wrapped up in a bed sheet like a burrito. Um, and a, a belt that was tightly wrapped around her neck. So the the body was taken to the medical examiners who determined that it was Catherine Diane Mowry by her dental records. 
and okay. there were four to five witnesses. Not um, there were four to five witnesses who recall seeing the the vehicle that Catherine's body was found in parked in the alley late uh, Saturday, June twenty second, and early Sunday morning, June twenty third, from the the apartment. All right. It was June in Dallas. Oh. <laughs> you know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I do. But she and she was in the trunk of a car in yeah. June in Dallas. De- de- decomposition was setting in a lot faster than normal at that mm-hmm. point. You know, that, that car would have been like an oven on the inside. Oh, yeah. So they're literally they're 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 there was nothing that they could do or there was really nothing that they at, at that time in nineteen eighty five could do to determine any cause of death due to the amount of decomposition. And it gets it gets hotter in Texas than it does in Florida. Oh, yeah, it does. With the same high humidity. Yep. And speaking of that, dude, it's been hot as, you know what, the last fucking couple of weeks, last week. Katrina sent me a screen, you know, like a picture of the thermometer in her car, and it was 112 degrees in Kansas. Uh Yeah, but, you know, dude, it's it's been that here, dude. But here we have feels like temperature. You know, they Yeah, let's let's not not go with the. We don't need another episode with you explaining that. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to explain it, but dude, it, it's oh, been yeah. over a hundred here with the feels like temperature a lot. But I'm sure we've got it's like, really a hundred there anyway. Because we've got like five episodes where you explain that. <laughs> well, you know, that's my thing, dude. That's that's my pet peeve. Anyway, yeah. moving on. But they they did determine that Catherine had not been sexually assaulted, despite the fact that she was nude. Oh, okay. Now, get your face palm hand ready. Oven mitts on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because this is where a crazy bullshit starts. Dallas Police Department said to a Dallas newspaper that they were ruling this as an accidental death, that saying that she had died on someone who got scared and put her in the trunk. What? He then said, and I quote... It's not going to be classified as a, as a murder because we don't know who put her in there. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, isn't that since your job we, to figure that shit out? <laughs> yeah, but since when has that been the criteria for determining whether or not something was murder? Is there yeah. some like agreement that murderers have with the police? It's like is it, is it like a Dallas law that? People leaving a dead person in the trunk. They have to leave a note. I, Joe Chucklehead, put this woman in, into the trunk. She she died on me. Rest assured, I did not kill her. Um, apparently. <laughs> what the hell kind of sense does that even make? <laughs> I, I don't. I I I got nothing for that. I just. I really don't. That's um. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, you 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 find a ditched and de- decomposing body in the trunk, nude and wrapped like a burrito in a blanket with a belt tightly around the neck, and you don't think it's a fucking murder? Yeah, right? Yeah, she did it to herself. She wrapped herself up, tied a belt around her neck, and climbed into the trunk and shut it. It was, yeah. yeah. 
Oh my God, yeah. dude. Jesus. Horatio Horatio Kane from CS, CSI Miami would have popped that trunk, saw that, and he, he would have said, Looks like the murderer left this case gift-wrapped. <laughs> but put a knife in that because the Dallas Police Department has even more theories. They're even more ludicrous. <laughs> All right. Prior to this brilliance from the Dallas Police Department and their official press release, the official press release was they tried to list it as a suicide. <laughs> like I said. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Catherine climbed into the trunk, closed it, then wrapped herself up burrito style with a, in a bed sheet with both of her arms wrapped up in it as well, then put a belt around her neck and strangled herself. Sounds totally legit to me. Yeah. That could totally happen. The only way that could happen would be if you watched a David Blaine video backwards. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I don't know how to tie this in, so I'm just going to do it. I got a new character. Ready? Good day, everybody. Dick Darwin, Dallas detective here. 30 years I was on the force. I get asked a lot about some of the cases I've worked, so... I was the first detective on the scene at the JFK assassination, see? At first, we weren't sure what had happened. At first, I thought it might have even been a suicide, see? But think about it, nobody had seen a gunman. And it was possible that the president could have quickly pulled out a gun, shot himself in the head and then ditched the gun into a secret compartment underneath his seat. I was convinced of that then, and I still am, see? And Lee Harvey Oswald, well, he was a staunch fan of JFK, and I believed that Lee didn't want the president's image to be tainted by suicide, so he took the blame for it, see? And it cost him his life. What a great American. This is Dick Darwin, Dallas Detective. Sign it off. Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, thanks, Dick. <laughs> thanks, Dick. We'll be sure to get your commentary on future episodes, too. Right? Oh, man. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> My favorite character is still Michael Lang. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy's close second, though. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Oh, boy. So, All right. So next they listed it as an unexplained death. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> These chuckleheads are tripping over themselves to avoid calling it what it obviously was. A moiter. A moiter. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. One thing that was consistent with actual forensics was that Catherine, Catherine had died, emphasis on died, because they don't want a murder investigation. Two days prior to being found, Catherine, you know, 
Catherine was found on June 25th. Her, her last contact with anyone was June 18th. But and this still could have happened on the 19th. But, you know, Catherine, excuse me, mm-hmm. Catherine wasn't talking to anybody. The estimated date of the death was the 23rd of June. There's really no way to determine when it actually happened because of the intense heat. You know, it, it could have happened on the 20th as, as well, oh, yeah. but it's 100, 115 degrees outside, which is normal for a Dallas summer. And it could have easily been over 160 degrees in the trunk of that car. Oh, absolutely. And well over. And oh, wait, you know, back, yeah. back then cars were made out of steel, which amplifies <laughs> the heat. When was this? 85? Mm-hmm. Well, they yeah. had started. They had started bringing in the fiberglass bodies at, at that point, but it wasn't mm-hmm. common yet. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, more than, but, like, but, more, uh, more than likely, a car with a trunk big enough to have a body in it's probably all steel. A nineteen a 1979 Ford LTD. Yeah, it's steel. Oh yeah. I have a funny. Never mind. I'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing is for certain, Catherine was planning on leaving for Kansas the that day because her bags were packed in her apartment next to the door, among other things, which we'll get to. She and her roommate, who is unknown, although Katrina Marshall has a name, Catherine and this roommate had also gotten into an argument. Damn. I saw that. You saw it? The lightning flash, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, dude. It lit up your whole Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> did you hear it? Did you hear the I thunder? I did not hear it, but I saw okay, it. Okay, that's that's a good that's a good thing cuz it was freaking loud. It was louder than the big fireworks that were going off earlier. It was louder than that. So I think I'm yeah. good on my end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't hear anything, but I definitely saw the flash go. Anyway. <laughs> so, that freaked me out. <laughs> so, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> right? Yeah, we were in the rainy season in, in Florida. <laughs> yeah, it's Florida, the sunshine state. It's also the lightning strike capital of the world. If it if a storm happens during the daytime, it, it'll be over in 15 minutes. But if it happen, if a bad storm happens at night, it's going to be there a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, and tomorrow is not going to be any better. Well, tomorrow it'll be just humid as hell because it hadn't rained here in a couple days. Oh, no, dude. The whole state of Florida is going to be covered in rain tomorrow. Oh, really? According to the radar that I saw. Or the prediction. Let me, let me, let's just say the prediction. Were you drinking coffee when you watched that radar? Uh, no, I was not. Got one. Yeah, you did. Jesus Christ, I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> so, um. Anyway. But in more stellar police work from the Dallas Police Department, Deborah said that they weren't notified in, uh, of, of Catherine's death until literally two weeks later. What? Yeah. You have to imagine Catherine's supposed to be in contact. She's supposed to be coming to, to Kansas. But two weeks, they, they had never gone two weeks without talking. But, yeah. um, and, and Dallas, the Dallas Police Department found Catherine within a couple of days of the murder and they identified her. I mean, she was, she was cremated probably. Oh, I, I don't have this in the notes, but I mean, it was, I think a week at the most late, later, she was cremated. Yeah. 
at the most. I think it was I think it was earlier than that that she was cremated. Jesus Christ. So And they didn't bother to contact to look up any family members or do any of that shit for two fucking nope. weeks. Yeah. Dude, this is complete fucking incompetence, dude. Mm-hmm. It is. That's, that's I'm pretty I'm pretty sure like I said earlier, we're not welcome in Dallas. Yeah, we have to sneak in to go to Vinny's, but yeah. <laughs> go hang out in Dallas with put the, put disguises the two, on. The two of us with Katrina and everything. But as soon as as soon as whatever car crosses into the city limits, they're going to be like, all three of them are here. <laughs> yeah, they're going to know Katrina, Katrina, and those two assholes that made fun of us on that podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Katrina has no desire to go to Dallas, and I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her either. Because I'm sure she doesn't want to go to Vinny's. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't. I, never mind. Nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I was just sorry. I didn't mean to assume. I assumed yeah, well, that she just, wouldn't be but, into that. So, um, Catherine, Catherine's ashes were scattered, and her she has a um, a gravestone in Lawrence, Kansas. And the, the the case was buried, too, by the Dallas Police Department and even the media. And it was a one and done in Dallas. And that's, you know, that was it. It was obvious that the Dallas Police Department wasn't listing Catherine as a priority. Why? Because she was a druggie and a drug dealer. Oh. But remember when I said that she had broken her back in that car accident and that she had lived in pain for the rest of her life? Mm-hmm. She was prescribed some strong pain meds, and she and she was she she was known to share a, a a pill or two with her friends, but she wasn't a drug dealer. Right, dude. Who doesn't share pills with their friends? I know. I mean, if I they, mean, if, if, dude, if you got a friend and they don't share pills with you, then they ain't your friend. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, not the point. But another. But so, the, so they went with that. They went because she had pain pills that were really strong that she was a drug addict and yeah. a dealer. Okay. Well, I mean, they were doing they were doing what anything that they could possibly could to not, just to bury to not do anything along. Right? <laughs> they, 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 were spent, do, they were doing anything they could to not do anything. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, they spent more time. <laughs> Trying to figure out ways to not do nothing that they could have just done something and it would, everything would have been fine. Yeah. And we are, we're usually pro police on this podcast, but I'm sorry. I, I can't sugarcoat any of this bullshit. I mean, this is ridiculous. No, this is, yeah, this is terrible. This is complete fucking incompetence. And, well, not incompetence, but just negligence. It is negligence. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's negligence because they're, they're competent. They can get shit done. They just don't, yeah. they just choose not to. On this, on this, yeah. So, all right. Another press release said that, um, that Catherine had died of a cocaine overdose and they had plenty of evidence to, to show that. <laughs> okay. But put a knife in that as well. All right, here we go, dude. I don't. I'm running out of knives, man. <laughs> but there, you're, you're gonna have to start pulling some knives out so we can keep pinning stuff. Well, there, there, there could be like, um, you know, you, there's a multi-level marketing firm that sells knives. We could get into that, and that way we could have all sorts of knives. How about no? 
How about I agree with you? (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. But yeah, there's, there's more infuriating things are coming. Oh, great. Now now that car, it belonged to Catherine's boyfriend. Uh, he was gonna, you know, he he was gonna let her use it to go to Kansas and he had let her use it for those trips from time to time as well as around town. I mean, she, she drove that car a lot. Okay. So the, the place where the car was found and where Catherine was found was across town from where Catherine lived. And when the police searched her apartment, her bags, as I said before, were packed and right next to the door. And her, her glasses were like right, were still on her nightstand. And, and she was legally blind without them. She, she, she wouldn't have been able to drive a car across town to kill herself by, <laughs> you know, a reverse David Blaine episode. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dude, I'm seeing all kinds of clues like adding up here, but apparently nothing was done about it. And that's terrible. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you, you can have, theory, but I mean, there's, there's really, there's only one suspect. And like I said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to bring the suspect name up. Just know that there is one suspect, but we're, we're going to get to that too. But, um, all right. <clears throat> But if the Dallas Police Department thought that she could, you know, maybe maybe they thought that she could grow an extra set of arms to wrap herself up like that. And, you know, maybe grow an extra set of eyes, you know, kind of like Melanie Martinez, you know, (laughs) some some weird singer that my daughter likes. Sorry. Sorry. Hashtag that I digress. All right. But but still, I mean, she wasn't driving a car because she couldn't see without her with without her glasses. Yes, and her glasses were still in her apartment. Hmm. Okay. See. Yeah. There it is, right there. All right. She obviously didn't oh. drive the car. Nope. No, but she was a drug addict, so it's who cares? Yeah. It just <clears throat> happened. But still, I'm no detective, and I don't play one on TV. But with this evidence, but even you played I, one on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I couldn't wannabe, help it. I'm a wannabe detective. <laughs> uh, but um, with with this evidence, even I can see that this is a fucking murder. You know, even yeah. if I wasn't, a, even if I wasn't a true crime podcaster, I'd see that this was a murder. Dude, anybody could see it. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> So when the police questioned the boyfriend, he he said that she would always borrow his car, and Catherine had asked to borrow the car, and and that he he thought that she had already left. So he was that's why he wasn't looking for his car. But he he had a he had a solid alibi at at the time of of her supposed death, and he was ruled out as, as a suspect. But like I said, it was his car that she was found in. Yeah. Um. So who no, else gets to borrow his car? Oh wait, we're not dying, we're not there yet. Nobody. But um, Deborah, C- Katrina Marshall's mom, she suspected a man of of doing it, and this this man who I'm not gonna be mentioned is still like the only sus- suspect that they have, and he's in the wind apparently. All right. But he's got a record. All right. I will say, I will say that. And okay. So there is DNA on that they have on the suspect. 
put, oh, put so a knife. We, so we could get caught eventually. Put a knife in that. Yeah. Put like I said, dude, running out of knives. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, according to Katrina Marshall, in the eighties, the Dallas, you know, Dallas had lots of unsolved drug related cases and they were willing to sweep certain things under the rug. And you know what? I'm going to call back one of the serial killer cases that we've covered. Okay. Oh, oh, Henry Lee Lucas. Oh, yeah. Now, he was arrested in 1983. You know, and he he began to confess and to many murders. And this confession spree had law enforcement officers lining up to pin confessions on him, you know, to to, to close some of their unsolved cases. Mm. A lot, a lot of these cases were in Texas. But, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if somebody at the Dallas Police Department got the bright idea to tie this case to Henry Lee Lucas, even though Catherine was killed in 1985, two years after Henry Lee was um, was in prison. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he snuck out and did it and then came back. Yep. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, that yeah, wouldn't he was, surprise he, me one bit. He was reading. He was reading a story about how Pee Wee Gaskins was able to escape all those times. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go out and escape, and I'm going to go to Dallas and 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 kill a random woman. <laughs> and um, yeah, and not and and not sexually assault her. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, but I, I'm I'm serious. I I, I you know, <coughs> it probably didn't happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was discussed. You know, maybe we could pin this on Henry Lee Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> He's been confessing to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares if he was still in jail? It was in jail at the time. Who gives a shit? <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. But as far as the Dallas Police Department was concerned, um, Catherine was just a, a just a, just a, just a statistic druggie. Got it on the fourth try. <laughs> not, not even, not even worth the time or resources. But number one, she wasn't. And number two, even if she was a druggie, so fucking what? Yeah. Yeah. I swear with, the, with these serial killer cases and everything, they go after forgotten people, you know, like sex workers, druggies, homeless. Do, do they not deserve justice if they're murdered? Everybody deserves justice. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The Dallas police department would probably disagree with you. Which is why we're not going to Dallas anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Because if two drunk fucking swamp lizards can fucking point out their fucking (laughs) just gross negligence in this case, yeah, they're they're not going to be happy to see us. (laughs) On the flip side, you know, on the flip side of that, we might be all right. They wouldn't be able to find us. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't look. <laughs> they wouldn't look. <laughs> although we're, although uh, we are, we are, we are coming at them pretty hard. So, well, yeah, <laughs> they deserve I it. Mean, yes, they do. This is terrible. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> fuck. Oh. <laughs> but Catherine Mowry was none of those things, and so even by their fucked up. Standards. Catherine Mowry was not a forgotten person. She was loved by her family. Uh huh. Also, 
On, on the day that Catherine was believed to have been killed, uh, June 23rd, a 14-year-old girl, Jennifer Day, um, was also found murdered. And the Dallas Police Department had initially gotten them mixed up. <laughs> Katrina <Wait>. Marshall. What? <laughs> they had gotten... They had gotten them mixed up. I'm, I'm getting to it right now. I'm explaining it right now. Okay. But Katrina Marshall said that her mother, Deborah, had found out that Dallas and police investigators had lied to them, saying that they had been working on the case when it turned out that they literally had nothing other than filing the initial reports, and they had swept it under the rug. You know, this, this caused strife within the family, which still exists to this day. Katrina Marshall tried to get information on the the case from the Dallas Police Department, and she was told that they didn't have, we don't have a Catherine Mowry. They had nothing. They had absolutely nothing on her aunt. Nothing. Dude, I don't (laughs) even know what to say. But, um, but take a guess why. Just take a guess. Just take a just take a stab at it. Why? Why they had nothing? Um, fuck, I don't know. Because they thought she was a druggie. No, um, I I didn't think that you would get that, but yeah, but still, no I mean, they had Catherine's last name spelled wrong. It's spelled M O W R E Y. Uh huh. And after doing some digging, mainly because Katrina wasn't going to let them off the hook that easy, they discovered that the case was filed under M O W E R Y. Oops. They had her last name spelled wrong. <sighs> but initially, but initially when they first filed it, they had to make a correction because of the fact that they were saying that, um, you know, that they, they mixed up Jenny Day and Catherine Mowry. <laughs> what kind of fucking brain dead retards are working at this place? <laughs> like, seriously, okay, it's, it's Maori. Okay, well, that doesn't, that's not spelled Maori. That's spelled somewhere other way. But don't you think you could fucking, well, maybe, maybe that's her. Maybe, let's look at this. Maybe that's who this is. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, nope, don't have anybody by that name. But that that's that information needs to be correct whether the police give a shit about the case or not. Yeah, I get that, but <laughs> like but who was the fucking re- But when Katrina mind. Marshall when Katrina Marshall you know got into this, this was in twenty twenty. Yeah. She was the one that, that found out that they had her name spelled wrong for all these years. <sighs> Did I mean? <laughs> uh, what? I just oh. <laughs> oh, I know. There, there's the See, Dallas I've... police tears, <laughs> fucking incompetent fucks. <laughs> See, I've I've had months to digest all of this you're getting it all at once <laughs> i know and it's like overloading my fucking brain 
So it, it's Dude, I think some, I'm about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> in some very recent email correspondence with the Dallas Police Department, but between the D- Dallas Police and Katrina, they spelled the name the same way, and the and you know the M O W E R Y, uh-huh. they spelled it they spelled it the same way that they had misspelled it before. The exact same way. Now, after all, after, you know, what, Katrina is three years into working this and being the bane of the Dallas police <laughs> existence. <Good> for her. <laughs> so, um, but I was talking with Katrina when that email came in and she was fucking livid. When she noticed the the misspelling, yeah, oh, I could imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one once is a typo, mm. and I even spelled it that way once in in these notes that when I sent it when I sent them to Katrina and she just she texts me, Maori. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like I said, once is a typo, and that's all it was because I had it—I had it spelled right the rest of the episode, you know, the rest of the note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, but um, but in this email, it was spelled that way every time it was mentioned in the email. They also wrote "interrupted" when they met "interpreted." Oh my god! <laughs> and this this now, is like 2020, right? This is a couple weeks ago. This is a couple weeks ago. Oh man! So no, but I mean, dude, dude, if you're typing this shit up on a computer, it will spell check it for you. Exactly, dude. It will even tell you, like, dude, I've been typing stuff, and it'll be like, even though I spelt the word right, it'll be like, did you mean that word? I'll be like. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I mean, unless they were doing it on a phone or something and it just got auto-corrected, but I doubt that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a possibility, but still. I mean, um, you know, so they, they typed interrupted when they meant interpreted. And you know what? I interrupt that as ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that should be interrupted as ironic, for sure. <laughs> Oh fuck! Oh god, got him. You got me. Oh fuck! All right. Oh Jesus! It's also infuriating that they still don't know how to spell Maori, especially after what happened with early on with the initial filing of the case with the exact same misspelling. Yeah. Now this email came after an email that was supposed to be from the detective. Um, on, on the case to his superiors, but the guy sent it to Katrina by accident. <laughs> Katrina was not the intended recipient of this email. Uh, so okay, so so she let them have it, and in that email, the police officer was or the the officer that was handling it, detective whatever, he was saying that Katrina was misrepresenting people and being very difficult. <laughs> difficult when it's been almost 40 years and literally nothing has been done other than pre- preliminary reports 
difficult because she doesn't have her mother in her life because of the same laziness that the Dallas Police Department was doing back then when Deborah was trying to get them to do their jobs. And difficult because on top of that, their her kids don't have a grandmother. Difficult? Yeah. Well, you know. Difficult. Like I said before, nothing would have been done if Katrina hadn't gotten on board. But um, right. but thanks to her perseverance, things are happening now, which we are getting to. Are we getting to them now or are we getting to them later? We are getting to them now. Sweet, because every we're time in, you say we're, get to the, we're getting to that, it's like, well, we'll get to that. We're in now now. We're in now now? Okay. This is now? This is now. Now, Katrina believes that this was a homicide that took place in the apartment, and um, and she had been taken to where the, the car was found. And anyone with half a brain can see that this was indeed a homicide. Yes. I'm looking at you, Dallas Police Department. <laughs> we are so But close. I did... But I did say, but I did say anybody with half a brain. Oh, yeah, we're de- we're definitely screwed now. Now we have to <laughs> now we have to stay out of the entire state of Texas. <laughs> but you know what? That's fine. Look, even where the fuck is he? Even Grogu is space bombing. Yes. Yeah. So, like I mentioned before, she was in a trunk, a trunk, naked, wrapped up like a burrito with a belt around her neck. Plus, she was found in a car that she was known to borrow and had borrowed and had, in fact, borrowed during that time frame. She was on the other side of town from where she lived, and her glasses were left on the nightstand, and there's no way that she could have driven without them. Mm -hmm. In September 2020, Katrina was... Katrina Marshall was able to get a copy of the death certificate, and it listed it listed Catherine's death as undetermined. But there have been like four different causes of death attributed to Catherine: suicide, overdose, murder, and undetermined. Well, not murder yet at this point. Oh yeah, but <laughs> so three. But um, but this was the first time that anybody had heard about the the belt being around Catherine's neck. Anybody. Katrina's mom didn't know this. Okay. Um that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty important piece of information that they chose not to release. Yeah. Yeah it is. But however, at the same time, and I've only, I've seen this in TV shows and movies and shit a lot. They choose not to release information to stop copycats. That's weak, Todd. It is, I know. But you, know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, I still want to go to Vinny's. <laughs> so, you know. I mean, no, I'm, I'm sure they, it was just, obviously it was just negligent overlook, right. but you know, anyway, <laughs> but, sorry, um, Vinny's, I ain't going to, yeah, you're off my bucket list now because I ain't going to be allowed in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But, Shit, dude, that means riding my motorcycle to fucking Vegas is going to be fucking tough. <laughs> I'm going to have to take, like, alternate routes. I got to have to get off I-10 so I don't go through Texas. <laughs> well, there's other interstate. You can go to I-40. Yeah. And then drop drop back to 10. Well, I-40 goes through Texas, too. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm going to have to take it. But it doesn't go route. through I-40. Anyway. I-40. I-40 doesn't go through Dallas, so you're fine. No, dude, no. The whole state of Texas is going <laughs> to – every Texas police officer is going to hate us now because they're like, you know, brothers in blue, dude. You see these motherfuckers come into state, you fucking bury them. Dude, it could happen too, dude, because Texas is so fucking wide open, dude. Oh, I know. Anyway, not the point. When you, when you come into Texas on I-10 heading west, you see a sign that says Beaumont 890 miles. Yeah, <laughs> dude. What, what's what's the farthest in Florida that you see? Like what going to the Keys? <laughs> well, it's probably about eight hundred miles from like Key West up to um up to like Pensacola. Eh, it could be. I don't know. I've never driven that. Florida. I mean, Florida's a big state. It really is. It just doesn't look like it because it's skinny. <laughs> it's a, it's a long Florida day. is America's wang, dude. Come on. <laughs> so, um, but no, nobody in Dallas had done due, due diligence on this case. Not one. And, nope. and the, the fact that all of these years, different people working for the Dallas Police Department, the attitude toward Catherine had been passed along to the new officers working the case. Um, Katrina has evidence of this and their own words. You know, Katrina's being difficult. And, and, and that's telling. That's telling because they, they sent an apology for that email that came off more as, I'm sorry we accidentally sent you that email, not, I'm sorry we disrespected you. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh. <laughs> now, remember that officer beating his chest saying they had evidence of that Catherine's death was due to a cocaine overdose? Mm-hmm. And they had evidence. Um, in July of 2022, Katrina attained a copy of the, toxo- the toxicology report. There were no drugs in her system at all. None. Yeah. So where was this evidence of cocaine? Entirely made up. Was, was she was she beaten to the death with a cocaine brick? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what happened. Also, keep in mind that this general area is very low income, income, and it was very segregated at the time. The officer said cocaine, and I seriously doubt there was a lot of cocaine in this area. Crack, maybe, but the well, officer said the officer said cocaine, and that they had plenty of evidence of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just, he's just trying to sweep it under the rug. Every time Katrina has contacted the Dallas Police Department, she's passed around from person to person and just puts it aside. You know, she, she's being difficult. Yeah, she's being difficult. Trying to find but out she, what happened to, you know, Jesus Christ. But she is, she has started wearing that as a badge of honor now. Good for her. She should, dude. She I mean, seriously, me. she should. I mean, fucking howl these motherfuckers until they tell you what really fucking happened. Yep. And she, she told, she told me one time, she's like, I, she's like, um, 
difficult is my middle name now? <laughs> uh, fuck yeah. So, so I had a nameplate, you know, like for, for a desk, a nameplate. It uh-huh. says Katrina, difficult, Marshall, private investigator <laughs> and badass. And badass. <laughs> because she totally is. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Anyway. But I've, I've seen these emails, even, even the most recent one that she sent me, all they do is, you know, this is like a day or two ago and all they do is regurgitate the same information that they had before. But this, this latest one, it, it had some information about a, a new development, which we're getting to, but, um, <laughs> we're but, um, getting to stuff. Hey, at it, least we'd have it, to put a knife in it because I'm out of knives. No. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, Dallas police department, you want Katrina to go away? Solve the case. Yeah, no shit. It's really that simple. I mean, Katrina wants to be involved with the Dallas Police Department as much as they want to be involved with her. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you call her difficult. She thinks you're difficult because you right. won't do your goddamn job. Right. Anyway, I digress. No, not really, is, but you know what I mean. <laughs> this isn't an isolated case either. Another family member, because Katrina has become very popular, especially in the true crime realm. You know, she's, she's pretty, she's very well known. Yeah. But, um, this isn't an isolated case. Another family member of an unsolved victim of a, of a murder has reached out to Katrina. They've compared notes and Dallas police department is treating this woman's case the same way as Catherine's case. Just the, the exact same thing. Like they're, it's a, Different people, the same scenario. Okay. That's, um, that's very disturbing, but mm-hmm. all right. So, okay. We have, we, we now know of two. How many others are there? All of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, unless unless it's the ones they were trying to trying to get Henry Lee Lucas to fucking admit to, but you know, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so, after after months of emailing, the Dallas police um, either and and either either be, let me start that over again. After months of emailing, and the Dallas police either um, what the fuck did I type here? I don't know what that's to. After months of emailing the Dallas Police Department and either being blown off or giving the runaround, Katrina had okay, I had it right. I'm I'm gonna read it properly now. No, I, I had okay. I had I, it, I had I had it right. I had it right. I had it right. So those other those other counts don't count. Yes, those they do. Nope, 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 nope. All right, fine. I had, that, I had one, it, that one doesn't count. Yeah, I had it right. I, it just, it was just come, it, it just looked weird when I was trying to read it. <laughs> <laughs> so after months of emailing and the Dallas police department either blowing her off or, or being given the runaround, Katrina had enough. And this is when she As began invest, yeah, this is when she began investigating the case on her own to get justice and closure for her family. You know, she went, public with her case and she started a change.org petition which we're going to link in the notes um you can also just google change.org catherine mowry m-o-w-r-e-y <laughs> <laughs> yes make sure it's r-e-y yeah and, and it'll be it'll be the first thing that pops up 
It's petitioning for more awareness to this case and for the police to get off their asses and do their jobs. Now, that's my words, not Katrina's. <laughs> Although, I mean, I've never really talked to her or, even, you know, all I've heard is you talk about her, but I could see her saying that. Get off your ass and do your fucking job. Yeah. <sighs> so the, the change.org petition reads, when an individual is the victim of a cold case homicide, families and friends want answers, justice, communication, transparency, update, effort, support, and or closure, including mine. My maternal aunt, namesake, and immediate family member, Catherine Katrina Diane Mowry, was the victim of a brutal homicide in Dallas, Texas on June, in June of 1985. Eventually, I ordered a copy of the autopsy and toxicology reports, and I viewed them for myself. Once those were received, it was learned that toxicology reports were clear of all drugs. However, this was previously reported twice to have been an overdose death. After numerous attempts to contact, communicate, and request information, give information, and Investigating this case on my own with minimal to no response, communication, or contact with any of the departments within Dallas Law Enforcement Division or, or departments or governing offices, I was forced to make the matter public in hopes of gaining more or renewed attention to the case. No victim should have to wait nearly four decades for even an attempt at justice and or acknowledgement as, as this has now over the last 37 plus years resulted in three sisters, all who are dead um, transpiring from this incident, including most recently my own mother. So now, yeah. So as I write this, as I write these notes, 684 people have signed, including myself. Now, if all 1,000 plus of the wise gals and wise guys who follow us on Twitter and all 600 plus of the wise gals and wise guys who follow us on Facebook would sign this, that would totally rock. Yes, it would. So, but, you know, if you want to. Yeah. But she She's told her story on multiple podcasts spreading the word. She's been interviewed by um, – multiple newspapers and, and she is forced action by she is forced action by the Dallas Police Department. Recently the case was listed as a homicide and reopened. Hell yeah. And very recently, like a couple weeks ago, as I write these notes, the Dallas Police Department has sent all of the evidence in this case to the Southwestern Institute for Forensic Sciences to have the DNA tested on everything that they have. Yeah, you know, the All bed right. sheet, the bed sheet, the belt, and anything else that could have, you know, could possibly have DNA on it that, that they recovered. So now we wait. And we wait. Better late than never, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but it shouldn't have taken as long. No, it shouldn't have Jesus taken as long. <clears throat> the Dallas Police Department has a cold case Tuesday thing that they do on Twitter. And they posted that um, that on on that when they featured Catherine, they posted that she was murdered. Wow! Really? So, yeah. <laughs> all all them detect all all them fucking police from eighty five must be not be working there. Well, obviously they're not, but 
Anyway. Right. <laughs> Fuck, it's 40 years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'd... So uh, if you know anything about this case, please call Detective Cody Clark, badge number 10506 of the Special Investigation and Homicide Unit at the Dallas Police Department. His phone number is 214-671-3661. His email is cody.clark at dallaspolice.gov. Or you can reach out to Katrina on Twitter if if you know something. And believe, and honestly, that's a pretty surefire to, way to make sure that your information gets to where it needs to go. <laughs> yes. And, hey, just because we're bashing on the Dallas release, do not fucking spam these people. Do not no, spam that don't. guy that he just said. Do not call him with bullshit. Do not fucking email him bullshit. That's a serious friggin' request. Do not. Because we're bashing on him doesn't mean you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's our job you yeah know? we're just we're just we're just two, we're just two knuckleheads um talking about yeah. the, the case and yeah if you're gonna call if you're gonna if you have if you actually have information use call. the use those or email use that information if you don't do not spam him with like why the fuck aren't you guys you know, don't okay. do that shit. That doesn't, that. Help. It doesn't help the situation. Yeah. We don't want you to do that. That information was given if you truly know something and right. that's it. It's and, not to mess with them. We're messing with them because that's what we do. Right. This guy. We're not contacting him. We're not contacting yeah, him. I'm not. We yeah, don't have any information on the case. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So please, please do not attack them. Do not. Just call him up and say, hey, why the fuck have you, you know, don't do that, please. Don't do that. I mean, I know our listeners are probably smart enough to not do that. Oh, well, yeah, our listeners are the Our listeners, you know, but they wouldn't do something like that, but I feel like I have to add that disclaimer because. If... Because you want to go to Vinny's. Yeah, because I want to go to Vinny's. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn right, here's the Vinny's. Here's the Vinny and Dime. May they rest in peace. The metal gods. Okay. So, um, Katrina's, um, Twitter handle is at Katrina Marsh, at Katrina Marsh 91 and Katrina is spelled with a C. If you ever thought that one person couldn't make a difference, think again. Goddamn you know, right. I, I think that this is, that this case is very close to being solved and that Katrina and her family will have justice and closure. I hope so. Uh, yep. Deborah Marshall. Katrina's mother, she was a journalist, and she wrote a tribute to her sister, Catherine, while in college. It's very heartfelt, and rather than our normal outro music, we're just going to close with that tribute being read. Um, the voice that you'll be hearing is Katrina Marshall reading it, and it has soft music in the background. And, you know, it, I mean... Not a bad go for our first unsolved episode. If you want us to cover more unsolved cases, let us know and we'll think about it. Um, but until next week, later. Cheers, everybody. Oh, shit. I was fast asleep, feeling as though I was in a dream, as I was being shaken awake by my oldest sister, Katrina, whom was probably sound asleep over 300 miles away in her trendy Dallas, Texas apartment. 
Tears of joy filled my surprised eyes as her excited voice rang through my entire body. I was not dreaming. My sister had intentionally made a secret surprise visit home to see me. A sleepy, agitated voice rang out from the other side of the room as my grumpy sister Joanne invaded our happy reunion. The squeals of delight pierced throughout our entire house as she too realized the source of my initial noisiness. As different as my sisters were, they were both indeed my very best friends. Katrina was the oldest of us girls. She was one year older than Joanne, whom was one year older than me, as we were the stair step in our six children home. However, the first three were boys. Katrina was my idol, my friend, my hero, and I truly worshipped the ground that she walked on. She taught me so many things about life, love, and compassion with the patience and understanding of a much older, more mature person. When she got excited about something, she had this unique, contagious glow, and with a single glance, she could make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Joanne was a constant adventure with incredible instincts and intuition, and was quite frankly one of the smartest, most determined individuals I have ever encountered. She was our leader, which was kind of nice because generally her powers of persuasion managed to extricate us from any trouble she may have enticed us into getting into. Her spirit and energy were phenomenal, and sometimes just being in her presence could make your head spin. I both adored and admired her, as she brought so much fun and mischief into our world. Katrina and I looked a lot alike. She had dark hair, dark eyes, and an olive complexion. We loved to challenge other partners to card games because we knew one another so well that we could almost anticipate each other's every move. She acted as my labor coach and drove me to the hospital, stopping at the neighborhood convenience store for candy and gum along the way to give birth to my oldest daughter, Sophia. Katrina held my hand as I hesitantly talked to Planned Parenthood about giving my daughter up for adoption. She brought tremendous happiness to my life as we were pretty much inseparable throughout our childhood and teenage years, even after she moved away to Dallas for college. She would still send me a plane ticket or fly back to Kansas herself for a visit. I missed her terribly. Joanne looked quite similar to Katrina and me as well. However, she had a narrower face and paler complexion. She was a free spirit to a certain degree, with her sister-sibling relationship being the one exception. We three sisters had a bond stronger than any adhesive ever marketed. Joanne's mind stayed about ten steps ahead of any and everyone around her. She was quite simply brilliant. This sister also jumped into action and sent beautiful roses and then boarded a plane because she too had moved to Dallas to come to Kansas the minute I went into labor with Sophia. One other person and I were permitted to hold my daughter before turning her over to state authorities. Joanne and I held her as we smiled through our tears. She made sure I was able to get photos of Sophia, 
which then sustained me for the next 18 years until we were reunited. Katrina was brutally murdered in 1985. She was identified by her dental records, and I was 21 years old at the time. It happened in Dallas, Texas. She was discovered by the stench coming from a car parked in an alley. She was naked and wrapped up in a sheet. Her murder has remained unsolved to this day. I cannot even begin to describe the pain and agony I felt. Actually, this is the first time I really wrote about this, and I can feel the struggle even now, 21 years later. I still truly miss her every single day. Joanne was brutally murdered in 1993. Ironically, this happened in Dallas, Texas as well, and I was 31 years old at the time. Fortunately, an arrest was made within a couple of days because the hotel room that the suspect had murdered her in was actually registered in his name. It was a date rape type of situation. He had beat her up with a beer bottle, which he eventually broke and slit her throat with. The Dallas district attorney said the autopsy pictures were some of the worst that she'd ever seen in her 10 years with the district attorney's office at that time. My already battered spirit was broken down even further for numerous years after this, if not for the responsibility of caring for my own little two-year-old Katrina. I honestly do not believe that I would be here sharing this story with you today. It was an incredibly tough time for me. My sisters, however, in different ways, defined so much of my life. I often feel like a fish out of water, just floundering around this world without them. Although Joanne did get a chance to meet my little Katrina, whom is a living tribute to my oldest sister, both of them were gone before my reconciliation with my oldest daughter, whom they had both loved so wholeheartedly. That's one of my biggest regrets. I went back to Kansas last March, and both of my daughters and I spent one entire beautiful afternoon at the cemetery with my two very different, yet very specially loved sisters.